Welcome to Be A Better Speaker with me, Graham David, expert speaker. And this podcast is for you if you want to be a better speaker, facilitator, presenter or trainer. It's full of practical tools, tips and techniques to help you be better. This podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk. In this episode, I want to look at a very precise situation that happens sometimes when you are one of many speakers and there are a number of speakers before you perhaps some speakers after you and you often have a situation to see the speakers who come up and uh, deliver their piece before you I don't mean if you're competitively pitching for something and I don't mean if you're all on the same team pitching for work or presenting an idea to the board but if it's something like a conference or an event or an industry uh, or trade show, sometimes there are these seminars that uh, you, you have the opportunity to go and speak at. And often it's very easy to see or to get an idea of what the, the speakers in front of you get to do. And they might have five or ten minutes or they might have half an hour. But you'll often find yourself kicking around, watching, whether you're from backstage or back of the room, whatever. And here's the thing. Um, this might not be the case for you, but most people I have spoken to and asked them this in their deepest, darkest depths of honesty will admit this is absolutely true most of us when we watch another speaker who is speaking in front of us would like them not to do very well so there's a silent calm and a silent relief that takes over when we see them do a joke that doesn't quite take off or if we see them and the audience is looking less than engaged, or perhaps one of their slides doesn't work and they have a slightly nervous moment. There's a part of us that quite likes that. And if you don't recognise that, then great. Uh, the rest of this, this podcast is still going to be absolutely applicable to you. But I know that a lot of speakers, particularly people new to speaking, do have this concern. What if the guy in front of me is really good? And I'd really rather it if they weren't so good. So... This episode is about what to do to get the most value from following whoever is in front of you. So, one of the things I've noticed over the years is whenever I've got up and spoken at a conference, a lot of time, um, this happens many times a year, whoever follows me, whether it's the MD uh, or the MC or another speaker or another colleague or another senior person, whoever it is, will often go on stage and the first thing they'll say is, I've got to follow that. Now, I recognise the um, the praise in that, and, I, and I'm certainly not big-headed about that. I absolutely don't take that for granted. But when you say, oh, I have to follow that, what you're doing is a joke that many people have heard many, many times before. And if you've listened to the episode in this podcast series when I talk about not apologising and, and not saying that slightly um, poor beginning, oh, I've got to follow that person... You'll, you'll understand that's a really bad way to start. You're starting with a bit of an apology. You're putting yourself down before you get going. But really what I'm looking at here is why is it that people prefer to follow somebody who's not so good rather than somebody who is really very, very good? Now, the answer appears to be fairly obvious. So you want to follow somebody who's not so good because then you, by definition, as long as you're halfway decent, will look okay. You don't want to follow somebody who's really blitzing and spritzing across the stage, has got loads of energy, gets the audience laughing one minute and scribbling notes down the second. The, the person who can ask questions and get answers and then field some questions and then finish on a, ra- a, a roaring round of applause. You just don't want to follow that person because you don't think 
that your presentation is going to match up to theirs. And in your mind, the audience is comparing you and finding you not so good, which is why most of us would like to follow somebody who is not terrible, but not very good. But let me give you a different perspective, and then let me tell you how to deal with that perspective, whether you follow somebody who's good or not good. You see, when we watch a speaker on stage, we very quickly tune into what we like about them, what we notice about them, their speech rhythm, their pattern, their language, their intonation, some of the content that they're using, whether they're using slides too much, how much they move, their gestures, their expressions, whether they are an entertaining speaker, whether we're hanging on their every word or starting to drift. We start to notice their eye contact. We start to notice uh, how they move, whether they stand behind the, the, the lectern, the podium. And we start to pick all that up very, very fast. And what this means is by even a few minutes into a speech, let alone an entire 10, 15-minute, half-hour slot, we pretty much understand the pattern of that speaker. And this is crucial to understand, because if you follow somebody who's very, very good, or if you follow somebody who's not so good, when you understand this, you can turn the situation to your advantage. So, picture the scene. You're number four in the row of speakers, and the first three speakers have all gone up. They've all stood behind the podium. They've all used too many slides. They've all done a poor opening joke about being a bit nervous, but they'll try and make it entertaining. They've all asked for questions at the end in a thin, quavery voice and got no questions at all. They've all largely apologised for being on stage. Now, you're speaker number four, and you're already excited because you've listened to the Be A Better Speaker podcast, you've gone through the episodes, you've got some great ideas, you can't wait, you're bristling with energy. And after the third speaker goes and there's a, a vague, wet clap as they leave from the audience... You bound up on stage, all full of excitement, and then you go and stand behind the podium. Now, what you've done, the moment you stand there, is you've keyed in, you've anchored yourself in to the state of this presentation. We've all got used to three speakers standing behind the podium, all being pretty poor. And the one we've just seen stood there as well. So when you stand there, unconsciously, what you're doing is you're linking your presentation, your speech your approach, even though you're standing there, to the audience expectation. More, even though the audience has a slight spike in interest because it's a new speaker, they see you in the same place. You will also feel when you stand there an overwhelming compulsion if you haven't practised your opening speech, as I've advised you to in these episodes, to say something yourself. Oh, there's a lot more of you than I thought. All oh, these lights are bright, aren't they? Gosh, it's warm up here. And all the things that nervous, ill-prepared speakers say. So even though you had a presentation that was strong, what you've done is you have anchored yourself into the really poor quality way that the other speakers behaved. So here's what you do. If the person in front of you was last seen at the podium, what you do is you pop up on the other side of the stage if the other person was fairly motionless, you're going to move. If they didn't gesture, you're definitely going to gesture. And you're going to say, well, here we go. And goodness, what a great question I've got for you. And whatever your opening stage is going to be. Here's a question that I want to start on. Hey, did you know that last year, 37%, dot, 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 dot. Listen, before we get started, what I want you to do is turn to the person next to you and whatever you're going to say. Now, can you see the moment you do that, you break 
the pattern that has been established. You break with that anchor. Now, here's the interesting thing. You only need to do that for 30, 45 seconds. If you want to, you can drift back to the podium and stand there and take all the energy and passion and excitement out of your presentation. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can if you want, because by now you've started a new pattern for us. So in that situation, what you want to do is to break with whatever just happened. Now, by the way, this happens, uh, this works all the different ways around. So when I speak on stage, you might imagine I'm very animated. I use the whole stage. I never use a podium. I ask questions. I use humour. I change pace and speed and tone. But if the speaker in front of me was stood on the side of the stage where I was planning to, to start and the last thing they did was to try and get everybody to do some activity and they were waving their arms around and they were trying to be quite animated and let's face it, it had tanked really badly, right? The whole room hated it. Then what I would do is break with that pattern. So I would start at the podium. I'd start very still, very considered and I'd ask all those same questions I just demonstrated but in a far calmer way because the excitement anchor has just been connected to that terrible speaker in front of us. So this time... I'm going to do something opposite. Right, before we start, I want us to try something a bit different. Turn to the person next to you and... Did you know that 27% of... Here's a question before we get started. Now, as I said, I only need to maintain that for a short time. And actually, once I've changed the state in the room, once I've broken that anchor, then... I can move away from the podium and I can do exactly what I want and I can present the rest of the session as I want it to. But what you have to understand is that if you start in the same place, in the same way, in the same energy as the person in front of you, you will be linked to that person in your audience's mind. It will all just drift from one into the next one. So what you need to do is to break that anchor and do something different. It doesn't have to be the whole session, literally 45 seconds a minute, and you can start to morph into your standard style of presentation. Let's look at it the other way around, though. If the speaker in front of you is fantastic, because this is many people's big concern, the speaker in front is great, everyone's going to hate me because I'm so boring, what do you do? Well, you do the diametric opposite of what I've just described. So, if the person in front of you was me, and the last moment I was on stage, I was stood right in the middle of the stage, I went... Something like, well, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I look forward to catching up with you over the next few days and weeks, hearing about all your successes. But for now, thanks very much. And the audience went nuts with applause. What you would do at the earliest possible opportunity is to get on stage and get into the exact same space I was stood. And then match and mirror the way that I just closed my speech. Thanks very much. So to get started... What I want to do, and remember you only need to do this for 30, 45 seconds, a minute tops, is then to, having started matching and mirroring my pace, my tone, my energy, you can then morph into whatever you want it to be. What I want to do is to look at the numbers behind this new strategy. What I want to do is to change the tone a little bit and put some spreadsheets up. What I want to do is to turn your attention to some slides that I have here. In other words, you can go back to exactly what you wanted to do. But you're going to start by picking up all 
of the energy, the tone, the pace, the movement, the gesture, the language even, that the previous speaker did, if they were good. So likewise for me, if the person in front of me had just been received fantastically well, they did a really good speech, and they were absolutely motionless at the podium, then I'm going to stride on confidently, start at the podium, I'm going to try and match the tone of the previous speaker, and I'm even, if I can, going to use the first couple of words in mine that they finished with. What an excellent audience you've been. Thank you very much. Good evening, goes the previous speaker. I will stride on after my announcements, get onto the podium and go, thank you very much. And what an excellent audience you look to be as we move forward into. And then I start to morph into the way that I want to present. In other words, I match exactly what they did. And that's all this episode is about. If you follow somebody good, get into the same place, state and, and pace and tone as them, and then morph into your own style of presentation. If the speaker in front of you was not so good, then get completely the other side of the stage, change your pace, tone, everything different. And then again, morph back to your standard style of presentation. So that's it for now. Love to hear uh, what you think about this very short episode. I hope that's of use to you. And remember, if you're following a good speaker, you can get value out of it. If you're following a bad speaker, you've got to start a bit harder. You've got to work a little bit harder than if you follow a great speaker. Uh, the key, as always, is you go on with a good, well, strong, prepared intro and you get straight into your script. You don't use any of those horrible little phrases, the little apologies about being nervous or anything like that. Look forward to hearing from you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Be A Better Speaker. If you'd like to help me to keep making these podcasts for you, please consider subscribing right now. Leave a rating or leave a couple of words of encouragement. Be great to hear your reviews. My name's Graham David, expert speaker, and this podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk.